So Galatians 5.19, um, Paul says that the works of the flesh are, and then he lists out a bunch of no-nos that we're not supposed to do. But then in verse 22, Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is, and then he lists out what the fruit of the Spirit are. There's a difference there in the plural and the singular. The fruit of the Spirit there is singular because... These aren't separate virtues that you necessarily staple onto your life, but rather they're the collective evidence of Christ in you, Christ working in you, Christ producing the fruit in you. And Ivy, you had a killer line on Sunday that I absolutely loved. You said, if you want to experience the work of God in your life, it's as easy as spending time with the God who gives it. I love that because both of you in your sermons were, you were your preaching focus was on building deeper roots rather than focusing on the fruits. And so my first question is, what does that look like in your own devotional life? It's fresh for me because I woke up this morning feeling not the fruit of the spirit. You know, like I think I really do think we wake up and it is a battle every day. And I sensed in myself some worry, um, this overwhelm, like the list of all the things I needed to get done. My children were not cooperating with the things I wanted them to do. I mean, it's just life. And I felt that inside and I immediately thought I need more Jesus. Yeah. And so what that looked like for me is while I'm getting ready, I have a playlist and I play that. It's a worship playlist and Who it's are you songs. Listening to? Um, so the playlist right now starts with Homecoming which is a song we sang here several weeks ago. Um, it also has firm foundation on it. You know, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaking. Like, And so as those songs are playing over me, I'm just like, okay, help me feel this today, God. Um, so there's there's that that's just real practical because the reality is me as a mom, I'm like, I've got, I've got to get my kids lunch made and get them dressed and ready and get them to school and you know and so it's like I can't Gary your life might look different than mine but like I can't sit in my as much as I love to I can't like sit at my kitchen counter and read his word in this silent it's just not the way my life looks so worship and then I'm just constantly like God please help me please help me I want to sense what you give I want to feel what you give yeah, uh, for me, and we are at different life stages, and I am an empty nester now, and that does make uh, the whole process of trying to connect with God a, a bit easier. Uh, and, uh, you know, for me, as far as asking God to grow the fruit of peace, the fruit of patience in my own soul, uh, sitting down with God's Word, and I just I want to hear God say something to me. I have to know that there's a connection there, that I'm talking to God, and actually before I talk to God, that I've heard God talk to me. And then I just, for me, and I get it, I'm way left brain. Things have to make logical sense to me. And so I just work through the Lord's Prayer, and I start with Father. And and, and I try to remember our Father, but most of the time I'm just focused in on the fact that he is my father and that means I'm his kid and that means he loves me and I he he he's cares about me I can come to him I can tell him anything uh, and so he's my dad 
And then I always follow that up with, uh, you know, who art in heaven, my Lord and my God, before whom I bow and to whom I submit. I have a lot of kind of mantras that I just repeat. And that just gets my mind reset, literally. Yep. You're my dad, but you're also my Lord and my God. You are large and in charge. You're in control today. And I just find that I find peace not so much by asking for peace as focusing on who God is and who I am in relationship to him. And I generally, peace kind of kicks in. I don't leave those two until I feel like God and I are good. Yeah. <laughs> and then I move on to hallowed be your name and uh, your kingdom come. So. Yeah, I think there's definitely a biblical precedent for that to where when Jacob was wrestling with God, he he holds on him and says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Exactly. That's really good. We had some questions that yes. people submitted. Ivy's ready to answer them. She can do it. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> let's hear the questions first. One of them was about comparison. Um, oh. and, and I think that comparison really is an enemy of peace. Yeah. Comparison itself, it's I don't necessarily think it's an emotion. But it does drive all sorts of feelings that can affect our relationships. It can affect our self-worth. Mm -hmm. In her book, um, Atlas of the Heart, Brene Brown gives a very interesting definition of comparison. And she says this, comparison is the collision of conformity from one side and competition from the other. Mm -hmm. It's trying to simultaneously fit in and stand out. Yes. Comparison says, be like everyone else but better. Yeah. Here's a question that we, we got. Mm -hmm. How can I fight comparison in my life? Okay, so here's what I do. Again, this is nothing, this is a very normal thing that I do, but I will be perfectly, ha be enjoying my Saturday. Love, it's an average Saturday. You know, we're just hanging out as a family. And I look on Instagram and see mm -hmm. that my friend is with some other people I know doing this fun thing and all of a sudden I start thinking what my reality is is not good I don't in, I'm lame blah 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 and I sense that in me and so what I imagine then as I go okay nope what if I was on an island <laughs> and it was just me and God telling me this is your reality would I be content yeah. Yeah. I didn't. So we, I think, so often put expectations on ourselves or uh, wish, wish I could do that, wish I, because based on what everybody else is doing. And that's not what God is calling us to. That's right. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I didn't get the invite to the trip. Why not? I can trust in that moment that God is sovereign. God's in control, and there's a reason why he wanted me to be sitting at home with my children on a Saturday. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, don't you think that social media is just, if not the biggest driver, one of the biggest drivers of comparison yes. in our day? Uh, Kim and I were with um, a couple last night, and they're leaving on Sunday to go to the Grand Caymans, you know? And so, I know, doesn't it? <laughs> so my first thought was, I'd like to be leaving on Sunday to go to the Grand Caymans. And, uh, you know, and so... But honestly, my second thought, and I, I'm just trying to sound super spiritual here, but but it, it really was my second thought. It was like, Lord, I'm so glad that you're blessing them yeah, with this trip. Mm -hmm. 
And and I find that that if I make it about me, I'm very discontent and have very little peace. If I flip the script and make it about them, you know, and, and which is I, I have varying degrees of success at doing that. Right. Don't don't let me lie to you. Right. But if I flip the script, I, man, all of a sudden I'm I'm rejoicing with those who rejoice, and there is something that is fundamentally awesome about that. And can I say one more thing about comparison? That I think if there are parents listening to this, yeah. we, oh my goodness, when we begin comparing our children. Mm. Yeah. Oh my! It oh yeah. Are well, my son's not there yet. Well, my kid's not doing that. Oh, well, yeah. but and you got to fight that battle. You've got to ask God, what are you doing in my kid's life? What are you doing through this? Because and may, and go back to God, and He gives you this peace, and He gives you this patience, and it really does work. Yeah. yeah. You know, make it about what God's doing, less about what. He, what's happening in other kids' life, you know? But but I do think that there's, you know, and I'm coming at it, uh, Ivy, you come at it so relationally and, and right brain in my mind, which I, I love, and we need to hear that. I come totally left brain, right? Yeah. And so left brain is, it's always just this logical response, okay? I'm comparing, I want to be going to the Grand Caymans, that makes me sad, you know? And I'm just like, no, that's just dumb, you know? And so, no, 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 no. And so if the question is, how do I stop comparing? Uh, you know, it's like, you got to take charge of your thoughts. Yes, take it captive. Yep. And if you don't take charge of your thoughts and, you know, then you're going to be sucked up into comparison and all that. So uh, that's a very left brain logical deal, but, yeah. you know, whatever. No, but even if I could bridge the gap between the yeah. two, um, what we're describing basically is is idols. We're yeah. giving something value, significance, mm -hmm. security, identity, something that was not intended, whether it's our kids, mm -hmm. whether it was our, our image, whatever it might be, we're giving something weight that cannot hold the weight of our desires, our needs, yeah. and we're seeing it as God. Yeah. Um, I mean, social media for me, I have not been on social media for two years. I, I had to stop and I, this is not for everybody, <clears throat> but it's something that I personally had to do because I would be flipping through. And from my kind of dad husband perspective, I would see things like, Oh, well, this guy, he gets to take his kids to Disney World or this guy, oh, he's oh, yeah. got like a six pack there. And I got this dad bod here. I, I mean, and I started to like compare myself to something else and yeah. putting weight yeah. and significance yeah. to something that yeah. was really doing me harm in my yeah. comparison. And so yeah. the take charge step for me was to cut it off and get rid of it. Yeah. Now, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life, that's not for everybody. Social media can be good. Social media can be a positive right. thing. Absolutely. For me, it was um, something that I felt a conviction about. I had to get rid of it. And so I did. And that was, for me, that's what taking charge looked like. Love it. Let's get to patience. Um, what are some tangible ways to practice patience in our daily life? I'm trying to remember the book I read. Is it the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry? Yeah. John I Mark find yeah. yes. I read that book and it really was like, oh. Yeah. And to almost challenge yourself in situations where you want to rush, hurry, be really efficient, really effective, to just kind of force yourself to take to choose the slow route. Like 
choose the long line at the grocery store. Yeah. It's all right. right. You know, um, take a walk. I'm like, I prefer a fast run because I like to get things accomplished. But I'm like, no, let's just take a slow walk. So intentionally, our culture just tells us faster is better, more effective is better. How much did you get done is better and intentionally choose the slow thing. Yeah. Do you find that you're situationally patient sometimes as in you're patient with some things in your life, but there's other things in your life where you are radically impatient when it comes Uh, to your kids, uh, your husband, your job, your everyday life, the house stuff. I'm the most impatient with myself, honestly. Speak more to that. Um, six months ago, I started a new job. <laughs> Y'all might be aware. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, and I wanted in the first two days to know everybody and have connections and feel at home and feel comfortable. And I felt it was really, really hard because I was like, I feel like I'm not, I'm not there yet. And I had a friend. I was like, really, I was just like, am I, you know, just talking to her about it. And she was like, Ivy, you need to be more patient with yourself. You're, you're showing up, you're doing the things to make the investment here and just know it's going to take time and be patient with yourself. And I was like, well, I don't want that answer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that. I want to be able, and that's, that's not the way, I mean, even if you're moved to a new place or investing in a new community of people, like be patient. Relationships don't happen over time. I mean, relationships happen over time. Relationships don't happen overnight. So it's like, and be patient with yourself and yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You know, when I think of patience, I, I, I tend to, you know, just look at it from the standpoint of, okay, I want to get from point A to point B. And why do I want to get from point A to point B faster rather than slower? And, you know, I, I always try to come back to the basic invitation of Jesus is follow me. It isn't get there. Let, let's hurry. Let's get there. It's follow me. And so I find that when I'm impatient, I've left Jesus and the journey on the side of the road. And I'm just thinking destination. And that, I guarantee you, I struggle with patience more than just about anything. So if I'm raising kids, I want them to obey right now. And I want to count one, two, three. And I want them to be obeying by the time they get to three, you know. And, and man, I realize, you know, the older I get the more I've missed out on the journey, just living for the destination, that is so good. That's you know, yes. and, and just, just, I'm robbing myself of life. And, and by the way, one, two, three, I didn't say it in the sermon, but my kids now with my two beautiful granddaughters, you know how they get around one, two, three, they're like, kids, do y'all want to go to bed in five minutes or in 10 minutes? And they're like, 10 minutes. And they do so, and they just do it ten minutes out. Where I'd have waited till okay, it's time for bed. All right, now go one, yes. two, you know. Yes. And it's just like ah, I could have been yeah. so much, so much wiser. Yeah. yeah, parenting. And now I'm repeating what I said in the sermon. But I, man, what I've learned as a parent is 
God's doing his work Mm -hmm. and he's going to keep doing that work right up until the day your kid dies, the day of the Lord, right? And then he's going to complete the work. But until then, uh, you can be as impatient as you want to be, but that work is not going to be sped up and is not going to be completed. So just kind of enjoy the journey. Can I, can I make a comment about the being, you know, we're in different seasons and the gift of, as a mom, having people in my life that are seasons ahead. My dad lives right across the street. And so all the time I will go to my dad and be like, this is happening and with my boys. And he's like, it'll work out. It's going to be all right. And so find, if you're in my season and you've got little kids, man, we would love to like connect you with somebody if you don't already have that a few seasons ahead you know like to hear that voice that perspective of like were they we yes we went through it you're going to be okay god has it you know but ivy yeah not but and ivy i want you to just mention touch on because i don't think you did it in the sermon but in conversations with me how you were talking with your mom even towards the end and how, you know, your mom communicated to you what's going to matter when you are at this stage someday, right. Ivy, right. is not that your room was clean, mm-hmm. right. but that you are uh, just walking, with, your kids are walking with the Lord. But talk about that right. just a little bit. I mean, because I just thought that was yeah. so profound. I know. I didn't. I had to. I had to cut some things. I know. That we talked about, Gary. Sorry. The, the preacher who went first just went too long. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> sorry. Well, y'all heard me in the sermon. I talked about this last, one of the last conversations I had with my mom. And I told y'all about the first part. And one of the the other things she said in that conversation was, I hope that when I meet him, I will have lived a life that matters. And I have gotten to see the fruit from my mom's life. And I find it so interesting inspiring encouraging for me you know the things that lasted the things that mattered in my mom's life her clothes are donated the house that she built with my dad is sold her car is in a junkyard somewhere um you know the things that are of this earth are gone and don't matter the things that matter are the spiritual investments that she made. That's right. And for me, yeah. as a mom, it's like, man, how much time do I spend worrying about, do my kids have this? Do they have this? Do we, what does my house look like? Is the is playroom clean? Yeah. Um, the car I'm driving right now is driving me crazy. The things that I'm spending energy on yeah. are truly not the things that will matter that are leaving a lasting impact and so i like i want to be a mom that cares about the things that god cares about because that's what has eternal impact and live a life that matters Mm -hmm. i just think that's brilliant so good 